Hello, hello, good people, and welcome back to another episode of A Table at the Back podcast. This week, we cover off the differences between customer experience and customer service um, and why companies who focus on experience actually earn more money. Um, We also explore where customer service ends and other parts of the business take over to add to the experience. And also, um, as always, give a couple of tips on how to start optimizing your customer experience. And you know what? The key is in starting small. All right, let's dive in. (laughs) How have you been? Uh, Good, good. I've been, um, I don't know, I'm feeling a bit exhausted. Like I, I had those two or three or however many it was chaotic weeks. And then this week has kind of been really good because I've been catching up on work stuff. But I also feel, you know, maybe adrenaline was pumping those yeah. two weeks. You know when you come down and you're like, oh, actually. You've had a lot of speaking. I did. I know. I, which is so odd because speaking is like not, that's just not my thing or my strategy. You know what I mean? Like it just things that came up and I was like, yes, yes, yes. I'll do that. Every time I see like your Instagram stories, I'm like, there she is on stage again. (laughs) So weird. In high demand. Well, no, I I don't know. It just ended up being, it ended up in, yeah, about, about two weeks or three weeks of just, yeah, lots of, speaking workshop eventy type things so it actually finished on monday with um this guest lecture that gem from arlo and co and i did at deakin university which was actually quite fun um it was like for um post-grad students and they're doing um marketing and they're doing like integrated campaigns and stuff and the professor wanted to bring people who like people from the industry talk about really talk about like digital and social media. So we went in and talked about like, you know, social media marketing and how it applies in the real world and stuff. So I love that. Yeah, it was really good. And, and when we were putting the presentation together, we were like, okay, what, you know, having gone through uni and now, you know, having been out in the workforce for for however long, (laughs) like what, what is it that we would have loved to have known then? So we kind of put it together with that um, in mind. And um, yeah, so Jen broke down like an actual campaign that they're about to do in October, you know, bit by oh, bit. So like, like uh, before they've actually launched it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, well, that's exactly what I said because she was like, should I do this? I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. Like that's so valuable because especially, you know, if these students are going to be, you know, some of them are maybe dabbled a little bit in the workforce and stuff, but like if they're going to be going in there and they're thinking about socials as like a thing they want to try or do or whatever, like how valuable, right, to go, this is an actual campaign that we will run next month or whenever, is it, is it next month? Yeah, oh, September uh, soon. Yeah. <laughs> Recording this back in, in the past. Um <laughs> Oh, in the future. Anyway, and yeah, so she kind of broke it down by channel and exactly like, you know, what's the strategy and what's the goal and what's the behavior and all of that. So they really loved that, you know, loved seeing that. And then we talked about like, you know, the difference between Facebook and Instagram and communities because there was um, one of the questions like from one of the students was like, oh, 
you know, on Instagram, you have posts and stories and, you know, on Facebook, it used to be just posts and now they have stories and like, isn't that the same thing? Mm. And so we kind of went into like, oh, it's a totally different community, totally different headspace, totally, you know, all of that stuff. And the just their eyes were like, oh my goodness, there's this whole, you know, I guess there's only so much that a curriculum can capture. Especially the rate that things change. Yes. Um, yeah, because the process to actually writing a curriculum is so lengthy yes. and getting approvals and stuff. There's no way they could keep up. They probably just do like a very broad social media topic. I yeah. Yeah. Well, from what I could gather, yes. So it was good. And, and you know, and the like the professor's an academic too. So he's kind of not, you know, especially yeah. with things like social, like he's not, he was kind of like, Oh wow. I've really got to go and brush up on, you know, all of that knowledge as well, just so I can keep the students. Oh, he's so, so lovely and so loves his job. It was, I was just, Aww. it was great. It was really, really great. Um, and I sort of talked kind of top level cause we kind of haven't really gone deep into campaigns and stuff yet. Um, for gig super, but I, I did take them through like LinkedIn and searching for jobs and, you know, just talk them through like, you know, you have so much access to who the hiring managers are and it, and, and so much more availability to find out information about the companies that you want to work for. So if there is a job going, you know, I said, if, if, you know, like just gave the examples of like, if there's a, let's say there's an agency that does video and there's a job going there, like don't submit a written cover letter. Yeah. (laughs) You know, just stuff like that. But they were like, oh, (laughs) like we can do that. Like, because I I don't know, I guess at uni or lots of unis, they still kind of go down the to whom it may concern and, you know, all of that stuff. And they were just like, oh, my goodness. There's There's a whole other way. Like all these doors have been opened to how I can actually apply for jobs. Like, yeah. And it's, it feels like it's a little bit more informal these days. Like even when I left uni, which wasn't, you know, in reality all that long ago, um, probably yeah, eight years ago, like it was very old school still. Like I had to get out the phone book and run through and look for like PR jobs or marketing jobs. And there was nothing like I cold emailed. It, It was horrendous. So Yeah. Social yeah. media is an awesome way to to kind of break the ice and show your personality as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I said like, all you have to do is you you know start establishing those like if you know where you want to work, and let's say it's not a big corporate, it gets a bit trickier with big corporates, I suppose. But even still, you should be able to find who the managers are, and you should be able to start establishing those relationships, especially on LinkedIn. Mm. But I sort of said, you know, if you like, let's say you wanted to work for us, you would just have to, you know, you'd have to email me. I don't know. You could say, Hey, I saw this thing. I thought it was good. Like you'd have to email me once or twice and get a reply and be like, Oh, this person loves gifts and emails. I'm going to use a gift in an email. And straight away you go to the top of my pile, like straight yeah. away. Do you know what I mean? Just little things like that. Yeah. And they were like, Oh, okay. <laughs> it was so good. It was good. It felt really, really good to be able to, I don't know, contribute, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. It does. How did you hear about that? Um, well, Jem called me up one day and was like, 
I've been asked to do a lecture at this thing. Like, do you want to do it with me? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> let's do that. And, and I don't actually know how, yeah. Like you were working together. To yeah. Create- yeah. So, she, yeah. So she, um, I think she wrote back and was like, oh, would, um, would, would it be interesting if I brought in like my old marketing manager and we could do it together? And they were like, yeah, yeah, sure. So I guess it was good. Cause there was, you know, it wasn't just all like Arlo and one, just like one company. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. It was really, really good. And then, yeah, I think one of the, one of the students ended up writing an article the next cool. day, which, which was in response to somebody who had written something about like uni's being useless or something. I, I, I didn't quite get it, but like we ended up being in that article, that article ended up being in marketing magazine. Yeah. It was like, I don't know. It all kind of happened. We'll have to put the link in. Yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll put the link in. It, assuming it's not a physical magazine. No, 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 no. No. Marketing mag. I, I think they do a physical version, but it's mostly online. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So that was really exciting. Yeah. <laughs> what have you been up to? Um, I feel like I've been really busy, but I don't actually know what on, well I do, but like, (laughs) you know, when you're just always on the go, like part of it's being, um, like work related, obviously, um, I'm just almost finished these macros. So like, yeah, just iterations and yeah, it's just a lot of words. Um, and then I think my kid has just grown a lot in the last week and she's just really hard work at the moment like like fun like super super fun but really sassy and like tanty um I don't know I think maybe that's like zapping my energy a little bit um and then we go away next week so it's just always thinking about that next thing that I have to do before yeah um are you back no no, my, oh, my brother's ridiculous. my brother's coming to visit on Monday because he's like dog sitting for us in our apartment oh. while we're away. So he's going to spend a few days with us first, so he can see the baby and hang out. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, but like, the good news is I've been getting lots of inquiries lately for work. Oh. I always know October seems to be busy for me every year. Like for the past three years really yeah, it was super random like October always for me I don't know why October yeah October to December is like my busy period <laughs> so bizarre people go we need UX writers right before Christmas <laughs> right before Christmas <laughs> yeah I'm thinking people have like set deadlines for the year and then they just realize oh shit I need copy <laughs> oh which we don't recommend that. We think you should get content copy people from the start. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's like, it's really good. Um, So it means I can, I guess, be a bit more picky. Um, Like I already am because I have limited hours to work. Um, But yeah, it's, it's good. It's just stressful when you don't really have a lot of time to offer people um and you have to say no I always feel really bad and I feel like I'm letting people down oh so that's on me though the people pleaser in you I know like I used to dream of this um, but then also super exciting um because last week we spoke to Patrick and I've just started looking at the beta course for the UX Writers Collective oh. 
course. I haven't dug in yet. I'm literally, I'm only a few pages in. <laughs> um, yeah, it's looking good. I'm just providing like comments for, I don't know, consideration, I guess. Yeah, how cool. Mm. Oh, yeah, I love that episode. That was like one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> Me too. If anyone hasn't listened, go back and listen to our episode with Patrick Stafford. Yeah. Oh, he's awesome. so much fun to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> good dude. <laughs> But what's the topic of this episode, which is also going to be great. Yes. <laughs> yes. Even though it's just you and me, we can totally <laughs> hold our own. Um, I can um, put on accents if you want. <laughs> we should do that one. That would be super fun. <laughs> so you can do, can you do Serbian accent? <laughs> I'll do English. That's all I've got. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I'm very good at Serbian. You know, who's really good at Serbian accent? My son. <laughs> when my parents come when my parents come from overseas, he, <laughs> he does he copy them? Well, I don't know if he copies them or he thinks that they'll understand him better. Oh, he's so he cute. Accent on. <laughs> he ends up speaking to them in an accent. He speaks Serbian, doesn't he? Um, he he understands everything, mm. but Serbian's a really difficult language to speak. Like it's just a I don't know. Yeah, I've looked it up. It looks hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just has a lot of, oh, it's late. So my brain isn't working to recall like English class, but it has a lot of like the way that you change the length. Like, uh, you know, a lot of objects have, it's either a feminine object, a masculine uh-huh. object or an it. And then there's a lot of like heaps of conjugations and just, yeah, it's a really hard. It's really hard. I so think he speaks English, but in an accent. Yeah, so he speaks English with an, with, an, with like. <laughs> oh, that's so they cute. Him better, yeah. Oh, what a sweetheart. Um. Yeah. So tangent. I don't know how we got <laughs> off on that, um, as we do. Um. But. Yeah, we're going to cover the difference between customer experience and customer service on this episode because even though it might be um, evident to some, I think it's yeah, I think it's one of those things that that quite often gets confused. And if if CX is not your world, or you know, or even UX, it can be a bit, you know some people can tend to use those terms interchangeably and actually quite different things. So, yeah. And even like I get mixed up sometimes if I'm talking to a potential client or something and, and I think, Oh, but I only want to focus on this part of it, but then I'm calling it CX comms or, or writing or whatever. And it's like, Oh, hang on. I need to take a step back. Um, but for me, like I would see the definition as, of CX as the overall customer journey and all the touch points along that journey. Mm. Um, Whereas like customer service is one part of that, like the human to human touch point, the interaction between like a team member and the customer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So like, yeah, I, I, I sometimes, I sometimes struggle uh, uh, with where where does service end yes. if it makes sense like where for me like like you said like the customer experience is everything from from the very beginning to the end well not even to even after the end like where you 
you know, you might keep being revisited by the brand. But what I sometimes struggle with is like, where exactly does customer service end and then seep into like another part that falls under experience? Because I have to tell you about this, right? I had (laughs) such a terrible, (laughs) now I call it an experience because to me, it was a really bad experience today. And I'm, and I'm going to call them out because do it. I can. So Bailey Nelson. Oh, the, really? The, yeah. So That's I've been, surprising. well, yeah, it is surprising because I've been going to them for about two and a half years, maybe three oh. years now. Had like, I have three pairs of glasses from them already. Have always like really enjoyed, like re- it's been really seamless the frames are great. The customer service has been excellent. Anyway, on Saturday, I went in, got my eyes tested, like, you know, as you do every year. Well, you should. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, yeah, especially if you wear glasses because it tends to deteriorate. Um, and yeah, and that was fine. Like it, that was fine too. Like that was a good experience. Anyway, I went to pick my pick up my glass. I got a I got a text on I don't know Tuesday or something. I went to pick them up today. Got my glasses. Everything was fine. They you know they adjusted them like the frame bits. I walked out and put them on, and like it was my vision was blurry with them on. <laughs> Did they mix up? No, no, I don't think so because, okay. And see, this is where, this is where like it starts going a bit. So up until this point, I was like, Bailey Nelson has me for life, right? Mm. (laughs) So yeah, I put, I put the glasses on and my vision is blurry and I'm like, "Mm," you know, I'm looking around and especially on text because I, I am short sight. So I can't see properly into the distance. Yeah. I'm the same. Yeah. So especially like text was a bit like it was, it was a little bit blurry in general, but like the text, I notice it particularly when I look at like letters. So I went back in straight away and I was like, oh guys, you know, I, I put the glasses on and, you know, without any, without any glasses, my vision's pretty blurry. When I put them on, it's better. Like I see better through the glasses, but it's still blurry. And they're like, oh they look at the thing, they look at my like, you know, prescriptions in the system and they're like, oh, it's because your prescription, like your um, eyes have deteriorated more than they have in the past. So your eyes need to get used to it. And I'm like, mm. and at that point, right, like I've, I've had glasses for maybe, I don't know, seven years or something, like for ages. I've been wearing glasses for ages. This is the first time ever that I have put on a new pair of glasses and, and not really. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like, so, I mean, I guess, you know, I said to them, it's, it's not that I put them on and my vision is worse. It's that I put them on and my vision isn't better. I don't, those are two different things. Anyway, so they're like, no, no, just give it two weeks. <laughs> and then if it's still like that, come back because your eyes need to adjust. But like, if you're talking about the reasons why we wear glasses, you know, in copywriting, you always talk about what, you will look like in the future with this product or whatever you use them to drive like that's yes to see the text in the distance is usually road signs 
That's like, what I use them for. One hundred percent. I do not wear my glasses when I'm working on my computer, looking at my like phone. So I wear them when I'm driving. So for the next two weeks, what you're a danger? <laughs> I, oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, okay. And then so after that, I like, you know, went picked up the kids, had to go to IKEA. Was driving on the way back. It was nighttime. I, I have a oh. pair of glasses that I have in my bag, like my, like an old pair. And I put on the new Bailey Nelson ones. And I tell you what, I did not feel safe driving with them. Oh, no. Everyone stay off the Melbourne roads. <laughs> no. I like change, like like the first traffic light, I changed back to my old glasses, oh, yeah. which are which are like a couple of glasses back. I just have them so that I, you know, always have a pair in yeah, case I forget, you know. I do that too. Yeah. So so I felt more comfortable wearing my old, old glasses <laughs> than the new ones that I – and so at this point, right, now I'm – I am frustrated. I am angry. I am a bit worried. I'm misunderstood. Mm. Like I'm, I'm feeling all these like really shitty, terrible – emotions towards a brand that you were a fan of that I was a fan of purely because and 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 okay and so going back this seems like a tangent but it's not because (laughs) I just want like going back to like at which point did customer service end and at which point did that seep into my overall experience do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean Mm -hmm. and that's where I kind of struggle with how do you how do you sort of and 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 I guess you don't silo them and you don't separate them but you know there is there is a point at which it's no longer yeah but I don't know like was it the service that I received there that was the issue for me was it that you know would it fall under support oh I don't know and look again I'm not in that business I don't you know I don't know what's viable what's not but I kind of you know in my head because obviously I'm going around judging everybody's customer experience. I'm like, why isn't there some kind of, surely your glasses come, like, isn't there some kind of generic frames that you have that you can just quickly put in? Because my, you know, my lenses are like, you know, 0.75 and one point something, you know, something that you can just kind of quickly, like I don't have to go into the back room and do the full eye test again, but something that you can just go, Oh, okay. Let's, let's have a quick look. Like maybe that, maybe they're not quite right. Like let's mm-hmm. try and, you know, something rather than just be like, Oh, come back in two weeks. I don't know, two weeks. I'm not driving with those glasses for two weeks. That's just not going to happen. Yeah. There needs to be, some sort of interim solution or yeah. at least to put your mind at ease as well. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so, at the, yeah. So at this point I'm like, do I go back to Bailey Nelson or do I just go, well, that was shit. You didn't understand me. You didn't even, you didn't even bother to help other than come back in two weeks, give your eyes some time. Or do I go, you know, you're just, you, I'm out and I'm going to go to somebody else. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah, this is, and this is what's happening behind the scenes for brands, right? Like this is what's, this is the conversations that happen and that they don't know about because they kind of, yeah, I don't know. I want to say, yeah. I have one for you. Yeah. It's just while we're (laughs) talking about different experiences. So 
I have to renew childcare for next year and they're doing it now so that they can identify gaps or whatever. Um, and so I only joined a few months ago and I have to print out the forms again, fill them out and then hand them back. And they are exactly the same as the ones from before. And the service at the childcare is amazing. Like the people are so nice. The actual, yeah, in human to human interaction is awesome. But when I questioned whether they could just literally tear off the pages from my first form and attach it to my second form, because it's all the same information, (laughs) why they couldn't do that. And they're like, oh, no, no, we can't. And so I was like, where where would this fall? Is this just like an inconvenience or is it (laughs) part of the customer experience? Because I have to do that every six months or whatever it feels. Yeah. It's just simple things. Or is that a product malfunction? <laughs> well, do you have a, um, does your childcare have like a, an online system where you get like reports and like photos of what your child yeah. has done? And yeah. Yeah. So why isn't this so all integrated into and that? All of that? Yeah. Yeah. So she sends me an email with the forms that I then have to print out and physically hand back. So, and I said, look, I filled out all the important information. It's just this back page where you put in like all the people who can pick up the kid or whatever. Oh um, yeah. And I was like, I just don't want to go through my phone and add people's numbers. It was probably super lazy on my part. So I was like, <laughs> can you literally not just pull off the page from the other one and add it here? They're exactly the same. And she's like, no, no, we can't do that. Cause some people have, you know, breakdowns in families and stuff. And I'm like, yes, but I'm telling you now that mine is exactly the same because it was only two months ago. Yeah. And it's just like I couldn't – and they couldn't see it from my perspective either, which is frustrating. Yeah, and their hands are probably tied as well. Probably. There's a lot of red tape with that kind of industry, but – Yeah. But – and the problem isn't even like, you know, necessarily at your – center like it's you know it's probably a bigger yeah yeah, it's a bigger yeah but at which point do people go oh you know what this is can we fix the the actual yeah the actual problem yeah yeah and what is that does that fall under support does that is that service is that yeah you're right is that product like where yeah where do these (laughs) this is just our opportunity to vent Pretty much, but but also you know it it does go back to and I guess that's why why sometimes customer service does get you know get confused with the overall experience, especially I guess if you've got companies like Amazon, mm. you know who it is it is heavily like you kind of go on and the online experience is relatively seamless. And then if there ever is an issue, it will support will be who you kind of have to con, you know, contact and go through. And then that becomes the experience all of a sudden because the other thing was so smooth and seamless. Yeah. And do you think that's part of the reason why businesses like Amazon, like if they do put um, emphasis on the experience and the service, that's why they're successful? Yeah. Look, I I mean, I think so. I think that's where, because for me, I think customer service has always been more of a reactive thing. Mm. You know, like 
the customer has an issue and so you react and help and, you know, support. But, um, yeah, whereas the experience can kind of be more of a proactive thing. And I guess, yeah. Well, I read an article recently, I think it was a Forbes one, that quoted a report um, that referenced a Forrester's customer experience index. But they were saying that companies that invest in CX have a higher stock price. Um, and when they did the breakdown into like the actual companies who were part of this index, yeah, top 20% um, had a higher stock price than the lower 20% that focused on customer experience. Wow. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. And 20% like of big companies, like that's a shit ton. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and the other, like, I think we've, I think we've talked about it before, but the other like Forrester thing that quite often comes up is, you know, companies saying that like 80% of companies think that by 2020, I think it was something yeah, very recent, like, yeah, that they were going to differentiate themselves on customer service. Mm. Oh, sorry. On customer experience yet. I don't know. I just, yeah. And it's hard because experience is the all overarching thing. Like you said, it's every touch point that is very difficult to optimize. Like it's, it's a lot. I think if you focus on one thing, like, like customer service, even that on its own, there are so many pieces, so many moving pieces, depending on where you work as well and what your company does. But, you know, it's easier to focus on one thing and optimize that rather than go, oh, let's just optimize every touch point. Like that's, that's not a quick win. <laughs> kind of overwhelming too. Like if you think of, like from my perspective, so if we break it down, like, customer experience is starting from when you're researching a product versus and um sorry not versus when you're researching a product and then purchasing and all that kind of thing like from my as a copywriter you could be involved with writing facebook ads or google ads but that's not what i focus on but i call myself a cx writer so how do you kind of break that niche down yes so that everyone knows like your strengths because there's so many different aspects of that whole puzzle yeah absolutely yeah i mean no not not really a ta- i mean it, it, yeah it's not a tangent you, you're totally right i mean i i have thought about in this too like like when i've gone in and 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 consulted on like a a bigger piece, like a, an experience communication piece. I haven't been the person to write every piece of com. How, like, what would one of those look like? That might be helpful as well. Um, like, obviously don't run through a whole one, but what kind of thing yeah. could you? So like off the top of my head, like if I think of a, like, let me just pick one. I did in the past. So um, a massive part of it, like a massive, massive part was like the UX writing for the app mm-hmm. and then doing the entire website and then over overlooking because they sort of had lots of clients that like listed with the website, but they had a whole team that would write client profiles, but it would be 
you know, making sure, sorry, let's go back and go to like, that was, sorry, let me start again. (laughs) I kind of threw you (laughs) in the deep end. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, Okay. So I came in to do the UX for the app and the website. But what happened was, and I think I've talked about this before, what happened was there was no overarching like brand tone voice guide or anything. Mm-hmm. So I had to go back, build the voice guide first and then do the app, then do the website, then like make sure that all the client profiles that were written by a team, I think I had a team of like 20 writers Whoa. because there was a lot of clients, <laughs> like make sure that, that that all sort of fit the voice guide. Then they had a sales team, which my goodness, like the sales materials and all the like above the line stuff, which again, there was an agency that handled um, the TV and the radio and some of the outdoor, but we still had to make sure it was all, you know, in line with the, with the tone. Um, And then what else was there? And then, yeah, okay. So then there was the market, like there was the email campaigns, there was the socials. So again, I wasn't writing the socials, but was checking in and making sure they all um, comply with the brand. And again, which is why having a tone of like a brand guide is so important. So you would have like um, key messaging and like content pillars I I hate using that word but you know what I mean yes for them to base that stuff off yeah 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 exactly and yeah and we did do like you know training around that as well so that people got a better understanding I mean putting together you know a a comms guide and just throwing it at people is also pretty useless Mm. (laughs) workshops are good workshops are good and, you know, just taking people through and helping them understand. And those, you know, moments, those aha moments where they go, Oh, okay. Like that makes sense. And I can tie that into the bigger picture and how that applies to the business goals and all of that stuff. Like it's just such a, yeah, Mm. it's just such a better way to, it's a better way to get buy-in as well. Really. If you like, bring a guide and you're like, okay, right now we're all using this. People are like, what the hell? <laughs> like, where did that even come? Why? What? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So to your point, where do you, as the overarching guardian of the communication, like where, what do you handle and what does someone else handle? That's a very, I think that's a very relevant and good question. <laughs> yeah. Because I guess, when you're actually doing the work, you can kind of spiral and being like, well, what's my actually response, my actual responsibility. And especially as a freelancer, where do you kind of sit in the market and what do you position yourself as, as well? Um, yes. Which is something I've, you know, been thinking about the last I don't know, couple of years, trying to <laughs> forge a space for myself. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and I guess, I mean, it, might be um yeah it might be tricky what to come in and okay so if you're if you're freelancing or um consulting I guess yeah when I went into that project in particular like I said like I I was brought on to do one thing and then and it was only meant to be three months and then it ended up yeah you know being a bigger piece just because 
you know, they actually understood the value of what they were going to get and yeah, that's kind of that's kind of how it's been working for me lately as well. Like it used to be just a website and then it was, oh, hang on, tone of voice, brand messaging guide and the website. And then it's research, tone of voice, brand messaging and the website and the app and the <laughs> macros, which I love. Like I, I would much prefer to do everything. Yeah, mm. absolutely. But then, but then you see how it, it, it starts becoming a deeper relationship because you cannot, that, that is not, that's not a um, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am relationship. Like I've come and I just got my website written and that's it. Like we're good mm. now. Like it has to, it becomes a deeper relationship. It becomes a longer project. It has to. But then I guess like where I was getting stumped when we look at the overall CX thing, like I don't want to write Facebook ads. <laughs> so no, but I guess that's what marketing's for. But like as a customer experience writer, maybe you just have a look at it to make sure that it's not solely, I don't know, selling or that it supports the overall experience that you're trying to do. Yeah. Get and it. that it still <laughs> fits the voice and, you know, be weird, yeah. <laughs> be weird if, you know, you had, your whole brand was different than all of a sudden your Facebook ads are like, Hey babe. Like, <laughs> Oh yeah. You know. and, I guess, and that's where it gets kind of weird. It's like, does marketing own that or product or support or support? Yeah. Or, or, you know, or experience because yeah. I've actually this week um, kind of officially like, internally not that anybody externally knows or or even cares but transition from so i'm no longer cmoing and i've oh. gone to yeah so i've gone in like that. i'm hearing this for the first time I I, well it, it's been it's been a busy week yeah. <laughs> um yeah but i'm now head of community and customer experience so i've gone away Ooh away like moved a bit away from market and at the end of the day what marketing used to be 20 years ago and what it is today is very different so are they hiring a marketing person still or no well no in person it's well no not well not yet anyway (laughs) um and it's not something we have discussed (laughs) but it's just more around where i think the priority for us right now is in the community and the experience and that's where my priorities need to be rather than sort of the pushing stuff out yeah the bigger yeah so that's cool yeah it is and and I'm I'm excited and I feel really I just feel really like I don't know like I've slit in slid into somewhere where it just feels right. If that makes sense. I know it sounds silly, but. No, that's, that's really cool. And yeah. I think like that's going to be a big job title going forward, like for businesses in general as well, is that experience. Someone has to lead it. Otherwise you're kind of just like walking around in the dark. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and it's just, yeah. And in particular, you know, since we keep re- referencing Facebook ads, like it just also, 
I just really don't want to do them. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I just really don't want to do what, what, do you know what? I am perfectly happy to say that Facebook ads are not part of my core. Like they are not part of my core skill set. I, I think there are, there are different things that, yeah. you know, just simply people can do them way better than me. So, and I think they maybe like fall under the umbrella of social media specialist. Yes. Like, cause yeah. there's so much analytics. It's not just the writing of them. It's the no. reporting on them. Oh, and it's the technical setting oh, yeah. them up and optimizing them and the budgets and the, you know, like Facebook ads alone. It's, it's like Google ads, like, or paid paid advertising, mm. paid digital advertising is a discipline yes, on its own. And I don't want to do it. So now we're at the part where we can tell people what to implement in their own business or lives. So do you want to kick it off? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, kind of following on, I guess, from something that we mentioned before, I think you know, what's important in terms of, at least in terms of experience is because it's so vast. I don't think people should beat themselves up over implementing all of the things straight away because like you said, it is overwhelming. So I read somewhere, I can't remember where, and I think it might've been this week, but I read something about choose like a CX Northern star, like the thing that you one touch point, maybe two, that you really want to optimize and you really want to kind of be known for, I guess. And then you, you know, that thing needs to be something that supports your overall service goals and then go really nuts on making that the best that it can be. So I think that's, that's probably um, something that I would suggest. That's a great tip. Yeah. And And it helps with like, you know, you can put measurements around it too, I guess. Like, a, I don't know, like a small example um, from what we're doing, for instance, would be like, you know, choosing like the welcome series, which is a bit more part of the experience rather than the service. And so, you know, we'd measure things like open rates and click-through rates and replies and that kind of thing and monitor that and try and optimize it and make it better. Or, you know, if it's not working, try to figure out like what, you know, what we could implement instead of that. So yeah, that would, that would kind of be my. Yeah. I have one to add maybe for like support content. Um, If you do have like a support, team or call center or something would be, you know, monitoring the number of phone calls or emails raised or like ticket, I guess, to use the jargon, raised for like questions or, you know, back and forth emails as well. And trying to minimize that, see how you can answer questions quicker or have support documentation that, I don't know, keeps people on the site rather than looking elsewhere or ringing you up and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, But we both listen to this podcast, which is a great place if you're interested in CX and everything that goes with it, listening to interviews with people who are kind of leading this, um, especially in America, I think most of their interviewees are from, but it's called the CX Leaders Podcast. Um, The guy's got a great voice. I can't remember. What's his name? I always forget it. Um, the founder of Rate It is called Michael Momsen, 
but the host, he hosts it with uh, Adam, Adam Jeffrey, I think. Yes. Okay. That sounds familiar. Yeah, sorry. Another one I put you on the spot. Um, <laughs> I, do, I, I do love that podcast. It's good. And I just kind of dip in whenever I'm feeling like I need a boost in CX. It's always, I always come away with something that I can implement or give to my clients to implement. Um, the other thing would be there's a book called Uplifting Service by Ron Kaufman. Um, I read it, or oh, it would have been many years ago, but I've still got it on my bookshelf because I think it's a pretty good one. Just looking at different ways you can make people's day or just like really, yeah, up level your customer service and the value you're providing to customers. Oh, that's really cool. I haven't, I haven't read that book. Like, is that, is that like a really small print run? Cause he was a presenter at one of the places I used to work or he's we got him into present at conferences ah okay but is it around like how you frame things in service um like I I can't remember I actually think it was off the shelf before I started (laughs) oh no now I'm putting you on the spot no but I think um in in one of the um CX leaders uh podcast episodes there there was somebody who was talking about um they were talking about service in particular. I can't remember which episode it was, but this one thing that stuck out to me was like, you know, when people have been waiting in line, it's about using the right phrases. So instead of saying, oh, you know, I, I apologize for the wait or I'm so sorry you waited so long. Thanks like, for being patient. Yeah, thanks for being patient. Like that kind maybe. of stuff. Yeah, because that sounds familiar. Yeah, so I thought maybe that was that was old Ron, but no. I don't know. It was so long ago, but it's a good book. I can't remember. I probably should have done a refresher before I recommend it. Well, it stuck with you, so it must it must yeah. have something good in it. I kept it. I got rid of all my books when I moved, when I downsized, but I kept his. Ah, oh, well, there you go. You heard it here first. Um, so, yeah, I think that's it. I mean, you can always shoot us an email if you have a specific question and we can do our best to answer it. Um, Yeah. Rather than going off on tangents, we'd love some case studies. Yeah, absolutely. Shoot us through questions. How many people are going to stop shopping at Bailey Nelson? (laughs) No one. I'm wearing mine right now. I'll never give them up. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So we've come to the fun part. Oh, yes. Yes. What, What have you been doing this week? Um, <coughs> sorry, I had to cough. Um, <laughs> I literally just listened to a podcast interview with, I never know how to say this, Cyan? Cyan. Cyan. Yeah, like is. as in the color, like yeah, the color I, I kept like second guessing myself and I literally just listened to it. I'm like, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. Cyan. <laughs> <laughs> um, from Invato, Hey Tiger, Milkshake app. Yeah. Um, it was a shameless podcast episode and it was just released this week. So when <gasps> published it'll probably be a few weeks ago um it was just really interesting it was quite short um but it was kind of around how she implements her values in her businesses and why it was started and um she talks about like she's fully aware that she came from privilege and had the support of family and a family who were entrepreneurs as well so she already had that as a normal um yes yeah whereas you know 
as you know, like if you come from a family who have been employed their whole lives, starting a business is very scary. Yes, yes. Um, But I really liked how she dived into like how she splits her time being a mum and also like giving enough attention to her work because it actually makes her happy and not feeling guilty about that. Um, Oh, I have to listen to this. Yeah. I mean, she only talks about that bit like quickly. Yeah. I just found it really interesting because she has so many, uh, I hate this saying, but it's like fingers in pies. (laughs) (laughs) And she spoke about the branding and packaging of Hey Tiger, which I thought would tie in quite nicely with um, the customer experience episode that we're talking about. Yeah. Um, Because all those brand touch points, like they are what makes that brand so cool. Like I send it for birthday presents. I send it for client gifts. Like, and I'll send it to myself. You send it to yourself. <laughs> it's so good. Like, I'm a sucker for pretty packaging, and I know that's not the be all and end all of a good product, but the product is good too. So that's yes. just given. Um, and just like it, the the story about why she started it and how she doesn't want it seen, doesn't want it to be seen as a social enterprise first. Oh. She wants it to be a great product and a great experience first. And then the, when you find out that it's a social enterprise, you're like, oh, that's even cooler. Wow. How cool mm. is that? Yeah. So it's, I don't know. I just, she's very interesting. And I've heard mixed reviews about the culture at Envato and there's a whole bunch of stuff about that. But yeah, um, like her as a person, I think is really quite intriguing yeah and 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 she's really come back like because I've been following them for years like years Mm. I think I I think I remember when Envato launched like I am almost ages ago I so long ago she said she was only like 26 yeah it was like it would have been so long ago yeah over 10 years ago yeah yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it would have been because my son will be turning eight and it was before that, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I just, yeah, uh, it, it, she kind of comes in and out and, and she's really in at the moment, Cyan, like she's everywhere at the yeah, moment. Yeah, she is. Um, so, yeah, it's always, yeah, it's always interesting. I will have to listen to that, that she's episode. She's Australia's richest woman under 40. Really? Oh, that I didn't know. Yeah. How crazy is that? She didn't really talk about the dollars that much. She kept kind of like dodging that question, (laughs) which makes me think, yes, it's a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. But what have you been reading? I, yeah. So I ditched this marketing. (laughs) Oh, poor Seth. (laughs) Well, yeah. Yes. Also, here is... um, yeah, like if you want the book, set like contact us on <laughs> on Instagram or uh, via email, and maybe I can send you my copy. <laughs> it, it does have underlines and stuff. No, that's not like that's nice of you. But I am happy to. Yeah, I'm like, it's yeah, it is underlined. I do write in my books. That's probably a bonus. <laughs> okay, well, if it is, <laughs> I yeah, I'll sign it too. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy to give it to someone who will love it more and get get more out of it. So yeah, 
get in touch with us. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> made, made that decision on the spot. But poor Seth, but also good old Seth, because I have actually started this week and only just um, reading Tribes. So um, Is that an older one of his? Yeah. I don't think I've read it. It's, it's a much older one. Well, I, I got it a while ago, but considering my whole like new, new role, mm. <laughs> um, yeah, it's all about like building, it's all about tribe, like building tribes, whether it's employees or customers or investors or, you know, and it's all about how tribes need leaders and, you know, traditionally you think of leaders as like, the um steve jobses and stuff but that like that's not anyone can be a leader Mm -hmm. yeah anyway it's interesting interesting. look i'm only a few um i'm only a few pages in 19 to be exact better vibes than the last one oh my gosh yeah 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 (laughs) so you're maybe maybe the difference is you're like classic seth yeah like new new age seth Maybe you're right. Yes. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's a, yeah. New age Seth is just a bit, you know, what I think he's done is he's trying to appeal to too many people. He's going against his own advice. (gasps) That's like the opposite of what he's about. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I, I have this feeling that maybe that's why, or he's appealing to people on social media so that they share snippets and they sound profound. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah, possibly. You're right. Because that's definitely what it feels like. Mm. The new material definitely feels, um, Oh, this is not a, not, not the nicest word to use for um, a writer, but vague. Like it just yeah. feels, yeah, not, not as. And we know that he's great. So yeah. like, that's why we have such high standards. Like if, if someone else wrote it, we'd be like, Oh yeah, it was pretty good. But yeah. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Exactly. Absolutely. So we love you, Seth. We know you're a long time listener. (laughs) (laughs) I am enjoying tribes though. Yeah. Awesome. And so I'll, yeah, keep you posted on, on that. You can send me that one when you're finished. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. there it is another episode finished we really hope you guys enjoyed that conversation and as i mentioned at the end there if you would like um, a copy my copy of seth godin's this is marketing now it does have underlines and little notes and stuff in it but if you would like a copy of that book um, please reach out to us via dm on instagram we are a table at the back podcast really long handle but um do reach out to us via DM. I would love to send my copy to someone. And if you could take a moment to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast, we would absolutely love that. Um, Every little word counts and every little mention and like and comment, believe us, does not go unnoticed. We adore you guys. And until next time, we'll chat soon.